are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What is everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 144 of the College Loop Podcast. I'm here joined today, Mr. Harrison Tar. Tar, how you doing, buddy? Hey, man. National Signing Day, or excuse me, Early Signing Day, which is really just National Signing Day now, was a roaring success for Auburn. I know a lot of people are pumped up. I've been refreshing my Twitter feed about a zillion times today. Ran my phone battery down. I know you did the same. So pumped up to talk Early Signing Day and recap all that uh, went down for the orange and blue today. Really, really excited. And there's a lot, a lot, a lot of hope amongst the Auburn fan base now after Hugh Freeze delivered on on year one, true year one uh, recruiting class, recruiting cycle. So I'm pumped up, dude. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing just fine because I was on my phone, like you said. I just made sure I had both my chargers at work. That way I could just refresh both both screens at the same time until the next person came up. But luckily we were we were more prepared for this signing day than we were the last signing day. Doesn't take I much. Will say. Exactly. Uh, but it is worth mentioning before we get into this, I just want to point out we're recording this. It's coming up on the 21st. We're recording it at Sunday. It's still going on. Still waiting for LJ McCray and others to make their decisions very soon. We'll probably get an LJ McCray reaction live. Uh, we are recording this uh, coming up on the 21st, which is going to be the 364 days since we have started this channel, started recording content. Our first episode came out a year ago tomorrow. Now the show comes out and we just want to extend that thanks to all of you for sticking with us for a year uh we've had our ups and downs during this year on the show uh but y'all have made it so much fun sticking around we cannot wait to do this for many years to come but tar if you would like to say your piece yeah big thank you to everybody i mean the the people listening to this right now the people watching this are the reason we're able to do this so that along with the student athletes coaches uh, faculty and staff at, at Auburn University, uh, the fans included, obviously. So you guys are the reason that we're able to kind of hop on here and talk ball from our, from our alma mater uh, three times a week, sometimes more, depending on uh, how crazy things get. And it's it's been a blessing. Thank you to the guys over at the War Report Podcast Network for, giving, for believing in us. One year, man, it really doesn't feel like it should have been a full year, but here we are. Um, and uh, super, super proud of what we've built here and what we're continuing to build and cannot thank the group of people, the loopers, if you will, for believing in us and taking a chance on a startup podcast. Uh, this this year has been a true blessing. And uh, I, I don't think for a second that that, that is uh, not, uh, I guess, present within our minds. And, and we are not naive to that. Um, so thank you guys so much. And not only all 700 of you blessings, uh, but also it's also a blessing to have a coach who will actually go out and recruit some top-end talent. Auburn entered today's signing day, yesterday signing day, with the 11th ranked class in the 24-7 rankings. And as it stands right now, Auburn is currently number eight uh, with Elgin McRae and Cohen Eccles and a few other guys barring. But They are number seven per rivals. And so we've always are, said so that rivals is the best at ranking this recruiting class. We have said that. Uh, they are on the higher end of where we thought they were going to end up. This is probably exactly where we were at whenever this team started picking up a lot of steam through the recruiting cycle. And you can only go up from here unless you're Florida <laughs> because uh, all of our guys have already pen papered and turned those in to the Auburn Tigers. And I think it'd be best. Do we want to do chronological order or do we just want to go from top to bottom and kind of talk about these guys who have signed? Uh, we'll just, we'll let you all let you rock chronological. And we'll add in here and there. There's only a couple of big pieces that I was going to really touch on uh, more so than we did already on the Tuesday show this week um, as we previewed this. But there were a couple of uh, add-on uh, theatrical antics that I figured we'd mention uh, here in just a moment and uh, and discuss that. So we'll let, I'll let you go. You can pick. If you want to go chronological, great. If not, so be it. I'll go ahead and hit the uh, – we'll hit, knock out the guys who early signed, uh, guys who were still waiting to see some of the graphics for these guys who, who signed uh, early on. Uh, but the highest-ranked guy who signed early was, of course, Demarcus Riddick. He had his signing day celebration today. I don't really – I think he may have just signed the paper again. Because I, if I'm not mistaken, he's already been at the practices for the bowl game. Yes. So he's already like been with the team, practicing a little early with the team, and which is a lot of fun because I think he's going to be a star in the making. Maybe see him in year one. But of course, Demarcus Riddick, uh, four star on 24/7. We're going to go by the 24/7 rankings unless someone else is significantly higher. But he is a four, five star uh, considered by most other uh, platforms. But Demarcus Riddick, a athletic fast strong linebacker who 
I mean, of all the guys we have coming into this class, he is probably on the higher end of chances to start year one. Sure. I mean, and also already getting practice reps with this team right now doesn't hurt at all. Um, and, and a guy that we knew was going to be a high impact early. So um, tremendous pickup and, and, you know, excited to have him on the planes. You can stop sweating that one. There's one down. All, every time you go through this list, each player, you're going to be like, I don't have to worry about losing any of these guys now. <laughs> well, I mean, you have 19 guys out of this class uh, who have who have signed and plus the three transfers have come in. But we only have one transfer to talk about the day. Uh, but just keep it going with guys who early signed. Or actually, I'm just going to talk about them now, now that we've gotten one of the guys out of the way. And now it's going to be difficult to determine all these guys I posted today. Uh, but starting off from the top, Cam Coleman has announced or has officially signed on with the Auburn Tigers. The one of these, the only, or I would say, one of the three wide receivers who did not give us a single bit of scare today. Uh, I say one of four actually, because there are four signees that did not scare us at all when they signed with the Tigers. Uh, Cam Coleman officially announces today that he will be joining the Auburn Tigers. He's got, I think he's going to be an early enrollee, if I'm not mistaken. He, I could I be wrong. Yes. Uh, and expect a big year, big career out of him. Uh, and he joins his buddy. Uh, Perry Thompson, who decided appeared... to choose violence today. All right, he did not today. Last month, yeah. he chose he chose violence from from the uh, graphic saying what time he was going to be signing his papers with the Auburn and Alabama logos both in full range. Walked into uh, Foley High School's library today with both an Alabama and an Auburn hat. Sat those in front of him. Uh, had a nice little Under Armour Letterman jacket on. Uh, I got a text from my friends that'd be just so annoying if he ripped open that Under Armour jacket and went to a Nike Alabama jersey. Uh, picked up the Auburn hat. Put it on his head. Took it off. Laid it sideways on the table. Then he picked up the Bama hat. Put it on. Took it off. Dropped it on back on the table. Then took... I think 30 to 40 seconds to take off the Letterman jacket. <laughs> it felt and, like an eternity. And if you were watching from his from his Instagram channel, you didn't see the jersey until he took off the Letterman jacket. Right. So I was sitting there just twitching, trying to figure out if he was going to actually sign or not with us. Uh, then, of course, he opened it up to the Auburn University jersey and signed his NLI with the Auburn Tigers. So that's... The biggest emotional roller coaster of the day, and also a huge—I mean, really, uh, one of the biggest dominoes, if not the bo- biggest domino to fall uh, for for the Auburn Tigers. Such a just a pivotal moment in this recruiting class uh, was adding Perry Thompson, and then he had to make it as dramatic as possible. Um, I did read some of those same columns that a lot of you guys read—not columns, but threads rather—of uh, some Bammers trying to make up an excuse that they had manufactured this whole. Perry Thompson's going to flip to Alabama. I woke up this morning and texted. Actually, I called Dylan about an hour before commitment and told Dylan. Hour. Yeah, I, I, I told Dylan. I said, Three I really, minutes. Yeah. I really think Perry Thompson's going to Bama. Uh, I, I really just don't feel great about this. Um, it would make a whole lot of sense. And and then my favorite text I received immediately after his, his commitment was, Auburn has successfully defeated the George Pickens allegations. Uh, because that felt on the table. I actually looked at uh, my colleague at work while I was watching this live stream and said, we're about to get George Pickens. Um, and uh, I was I was not necessarily emotionally prepared for that. But yes, an absolute emotional roller coaster. Interacted with a bunch of you guys on Twitter today asking how on a scale from 1 to 10 how high your blood pressure got and got a couple of my Apple Watch alarmed me, or, uh, which really made me, made me laugh out loud. Uh, but a huge commitment and a guy that's going to be I mean, he's, he's a day one guy. I mean, this receiving core is going to be an instant impact as, as we go down. Him and Cam Coleman and the, and the other couple of gentlemen that we'll talk about here in a moment in large are going to be a huge, huge, huge piece to if Auburn's going to be able to shock anybody um, in 2024. And it's going to be imperative. So big signing there uh, and, a, and an emotional roller coaster of a signing. Exactly. Uh, and just go over two more guys, just stick it with the wide receiver core for a little bit. Uh, Malcolm Simmons from Benjamin Russell and Bryce Kane from Baker also announced today that they were signing with the Tigers. Uh, Bryce Kane signed early. For everybody to know that, because uh, I posted this as soon as I woke up this morning. So Bryce Kane already signed early. Uh, so no shock from that. Malcolm Simmons, of course, signed the day as well. Two guys who, flying under the radar wide receiver-wise, uh, they add to the fact that this is the highest-ranked Auburn class we've ever seen. From Recru- the receiving class. Yeah, yeah, receiving from recruiting cycle. Uh, 
And these two add to that tremendously. I mean, both guys, very talented, very athletic. Bryce Kane is probably the fastest guy in the recruiting class that uh, I need to see these four race. Like we saw Perry Thompson and Cam Coleman. Uh, also want to see Dylan Gentry in that race as well. Uh, a guy who has been having a lot of, we've had a lot of fun reading y'all's comments on Dylan Gentry. Y'all be, y'all take it easy. Be nice. This kid's really, really excited. He's going to be, I think a really, really good talent actually. Yeah. A guy who is three star compared to 24 seven, but I mean, this is a guy that he didn't, he didn't fall behind the stats behind Cam Coleman and Dylan Upshaw. He was the third string receiver for a reason. He was right there with these two guys who were going to be perennial talents in college football. And he flew right under the radar. Auburn got him as a, as a, a PWO, a preferred walk-on for all of you who don't know the, don't know the slang of, of recruiting. Uh, but this, he just adds to that recruiting class. Malcolm Simmons is going to, it can jump out of the moon. His athletic is crap. He's a guy who I'm still surprised is just a four star. Uh, Bryce Kane's the same way. He'll just outrun anybody. Uh, that's in front of him. One-on-one coverage will not be happening on Bryce Kane because it will just be a stupid decision to do so. And Dylan Gentry is going to have a lot of fun as well for the Tigers. Yep. Did you read another comment? Yep. <laughs> is it is it PG enough to no. talk about? Okay. No. <laughs> that's that's how well, that's what I assumed the reaction was from. <laughs> I read a few more. <laughs> yeah, th- those those are a lot of fun, but you can't have wide receivers added to this roster without having a quarterback added as well. And Walker White, you know, if you if you had to rank based on who's most likely to flip and who's least likely to flip, Amon Lane and Walker White will be at the bottom of that list. Uh, uh, Walker White, but we're talking about Walker White real quick. Quarterback of the future, made it official, signed his NLI yesterday as well. Had his entire family in, the, in Auburn gear. And I didn't know this. He only took one OV to Auburn. Yeah. And it, that's all it took. Uh, which just speaks out more to what Hugh Freeze can do recruiting and has done uh, since he got here. And I think something important of him to jump in real quick about Walker White. Um, a lot of people are, you know, I, I mentioned a second ago about how important it was and what a, what a big domino it was to fall uh, for for Perry Thompson for Uno. But a lot of people are, I think, yeah, are doing a really good job in the Auburn family of remembering the groundwork laid by uh, not just Walker White, but as you mentioned, Mon Lane, but Walker White in specific. This, this young man has been an ambassador for the Auburn class of 2024 in terms of going out and spreading the good word about what he thinks Auburn can be and, and the opportunity to take a, a place with so much history back uh, back to where where most of the fan base and, and you know everyone within the Auburn family believes that they can be. This young man is going to continue to be a leader. Um, his leadership skills at, this, at the skill set at the age of 17, 18, is, I don't think he's 18 yet, right? Um, 17 years old, I believe. I think he's a spring baby. Um, uh, maybe. Uh, he's 17 or 18 years old. I don't follow Korean that much. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> Walker White has has displayed before he even got on campus the, his his impact on others and the, and the and the young men that are going to play around him. Every person in that class seems to know and has interacted with Walker White. Um, and that's not even talking about what he can do on the football field. I mean, the, the kid's going to be a special player. He's the quarterback of the future. I think he's actually going to be able to get some time to develop and become the quarterback of the future, the prince that was promised, uh, and really do a lot of special things at Auburn. So such such a big moment for him, and not just because, you know, obviously you're ink, inking your NLI to the institution that you've been committed to for an, an extensive period of time now, but because this is the beginning of what could be a very, very exciting career um and one of the more vocal careers and uh, that Auburn's seen in recent memory yeah and and it's going to be a great opportunity to see what he can do he's going to be early enrollee as well uh I don't know how likely he is to start in 2024 I don't think it's very high at all I don't think it's I, high I, at all I think that he'll probably be higher up in the depth chart than Hank Brown uh but well, I don't think he stands a chance versus Holden Garner and Peyton Thorne in their quarterback battle they're going to be having so it's going to be fun to see him in 2025, uh, and especially with the weapons that he's going to be uh, that is getting brought with him. And it also helps that Hugh Freeze is also doing something that we have not seen from an Auburn coach in, uh, I want to say, since Tommy Tuberville. And the fact that he has brought in a, <clears throat> a well, right now, one, uh, two, actually, two offensive linemen. One of them we're going to start off with is, of course, DeAndre Carter from A Modern Day. The six foot four, three hundred forty pound offensive guard, who I've been hearing word is going to either is going to probably start inside and try to transition him to the outside, but definitely going to lose some 
lose some of those lbs if he's going to be a tackle but he's got the feet he's got the strength of a of a great offensive lineman uh he's going to be a star i would not be surprised if deandre carter was out in that field and for uh who's albert's first game of this album a&m in week one of next year i would not be surprised in one bit if it's if it just goes straight up just carter and lou and then one of our other guards yet coming in and just a fun little tidbit about DeAndre Carter, uh, his high school, Modern Day, named the number one team in the land per Max Preps in 2023. Um, just not that that's worth everything, but it's certainly worth something to know that you've been around that caliber of football. I mean, Modern Day, the brand speaks for itself, but at the same time, it, it's it's the sum of all parts, right? And, and, and to reach that level of greatness, you've got to have a lot of talent, and DeAndre Carter certainly brings that. And like you said, would not be surprised to see him touch field 2024. Of course. And uh, last offensive lineman that we're going to talk about for right now is, of course, Seth Wilfred, uh, signed from Snow College. Great Juco product, one of the best offensive linemen in, in Juco. Uh, and of course, also a alum of the Juco that we got Keontae Scott from. So if that history speaks for itself, there it is. You're in good so, shape. If if you're if you're good enough for Keontae Scott, you're if you're good enough for for all. <laughs> so, uh, and then just to go to some of the guys that we got, that we were not that well. We were expecting to get Amaris Williams, and he of course officially also announced his flip from the spiraling uh, downscape that is the Florida Gators, and signed his NLI with the Auburn Tigers today. Uh, Four star edge rusher out of Clinton, North Carolina, chose Auburn. Over Florida, as I said, I think I'm trying to remember who else was even in it listed, but he was a Florida commit, turned Auburn signee, uh, and just dude is just quick. He is strong. He is going to start. He played running back. This guy played running back. He scored four touchdowns in a playoff game. Right. Dude is athletic as it gets. Uh, six foot three, two hundred seventy pounds, and is faster than your average edge rusher you're going to see. Uh, dude, him and Jamonta Waller. I'm just going to go ahead and add those two together. Th- those two are going to be electric uh, playing side by side or I don't Well, they're both that rushers, but I think a Mars Williams probably more likely with at two seventy to kind of move inside to that t- tackle position uh, just so that kind of balances out. Uh, but both guys, huge pass rushers that are just adding to how great of a class this, this turn, this is turning out to be. Don't while you're talking about Flipmas and we've already got to talk about, we got to talk about this. Um, I mean, Auburn could add another, Florida flip. Uh, and, and and this is the time to talk about it right now, right? He is live right now. He is live right now. LJ McRae is live on his Instagram. I'm sure Dylan's going to tune in on, on, on his phone and, and, and keep keep along with that. Auburn potentially going after uh, LJ McRae uh, in terms of being able to convert that flip. We we know that there is uh, a possibility there. He did delay his his signing and decided he would not sign on the early signing period, or at least not on not on Today's Wednesday. Hello, Wednesday as we're recording this. Should be very interested to see where where LJ McCray winds up. Dylan, I, I think that there's a really good chance that that young man is an Auburn Tiger. I think so as well. Uh, it just comes down, I'm sorry, I'm not looking at the camera, or, or I'm looking at the phone in just case, because it's just a ceiling as we speak. But it, it's, it's weird that he apparently signed his NLI and didn't turn it in, especially for a guy who's been a Florida commit for months. Like, I think he's been... Uh, and it just kind of adds to the fact that this Florida class is falling apart. I think as a center down, they're like 15th. And if they lose LJ, they might not, they might fall out into like the top 20, uh, which not, would not be good for, for Billy Napier. Uh, but if LJ McCray were to come along, this we'd be talking about the wider, we'd be talking about the Ed Rusher class. We'd be talking about the wider receiver class. I don't know if Auburn's ever going to have a defensive line class like this if they were to get LJ McCray. Uh, it just adds to the. Uh, it's Jeremy Garrett is just a heck of a recruiter. He is. Uh, he just is just the best at what he does. And I mean, adding in Amaris Williams, Jermonta Waller, and of course Malik Blockton, and if whenever uh, Demetri Nicholas signs. But you already know my thoughts on Demetri on uh, Malik Blockton. You already know how lo- uh, much I love Malik Blockton. And we'll have uh, an update on LJ McCray here in just a moment. All right, we are back. Just listen to the Instagram live from LJ McCray. He will be maintaining his commitment to the Florida Gators, so Auburn swinging a miss there. But, I mean, it was an interesting stream. Uh, it was silent for a minute. We didn't I mean, I'd, rather, I'd rather bat, like, 300 than bat whatever Billy Napier's batting right now. So. 
Yeah, I mean, like like I said, like I said, he uh, it was an interesting stream. He mentioned that he didn't know why anybody thought he was flipping, which is an interesting comment because I think there's plenty of reason for people to think that you were going to flip. But uh, best of luck to him in his career. So we move on and strike LJ McRae off that list. Um, Dylan, I'll let you take it from here. Yeah, and just to uh, talk about the other guys who who uh, came through, uh, you missed out on LJ McRae. Not a huge loss in the long run. All it would have done was boost you up to like, I think six would be LJ. Yeah, uh, but still waiting on some other guys. Uh, offensive lineman favor uh, Edwin. I uh, don't know where he's going to sign yet. Apparently, I'm hearing word of an Auburn lean. Uh, Cohen Eccles, of course, another offensive lineman. I've heard he's leaning LSU, but it's an LSU-Auburn battle. He'll be signing on Friday. And I think the last guy we're waiting for is Towns Magoo, the number one kicker in the country. As it comes out, if any of those guys were to sign within the next few hours, I you'll probably see a little clip of me by myself uh, talking about them instead, just to add that way we're up to date on everybody. Uh, but guys who did sign, just to run through this list, Joseph Phillips signed early. We talked about him on the last show. Uh, of course, we had Caleb Harris, guy from Thompson, helped break that Thompson uh, curse that has been going on for so long. Uh, Kinsley Faustin also signed early. D'Angelo Barber also signed early, and he's been a guy who's been with the team early as well. Uh, signed, brought in Laquan Robinson, TJ Lindsay, Jalen Crawford, and of course, cannot forget the the first commitment of this recruiting class, Amon Lane Gaines, has of course also signed with the Auburn Tigers, which is all good for the number eight class in the country. And if any of these other guys come in, it'll surely go up from there, and we'll make sure to update you as that happens. And it is worth mentioning, uh, Hugh Freeze did have a press conference this morning or this afternoon. Uh, he kind of pushed it back a little bit. I think it was because of the uh, Amaris signing. Yes. My favorite quote from that press conference actually is his introductory, sorry I'm late, I was a little tied up, <laughs> which is hilarious. But but Freeze mentioning – uh, you know, securing a top 10 uh, class in the in the first year, um, first full recruiting year, is setting the standard for a championship program. Uh, and, and and there's a lot of validity in that. Hugh Freeze knows the formula. It's not about whether or not he knows which direction Auburn needs to be headed in. It's a matter of can Hugh Freeze and company get get the get Auburn there. He mentioned, you know, you didn't win them all, but you uh, you know, you're in the mix for all those those high level talents. So you'd be behind the eight ball still from the from the Harson excuse me, Harson train wreck of a tenure. Uh, and, and, and it shows. I mean, just look at the class in and of itself. That he's he's able to make up ground quickly. Uh, he mentioned that he wanted the 2024 class to feel like they were priority, uh, so they didn't chase as hard in the portal uh, on everyone who could play. Um, so that's an interesting, um, I guess, note there from from Keith Freeze today, Dylan. Uh, that, uh, or I guess that was probably yesterday. My apologies. Um, but <laughs> yeah, my bad. Still, that's worthwhile considering you know we haven't recorded since then. Uh, him him mentioning earlier in the week that you know um, that this group they were more focused on the 2024 class and the portal. I don't really hate that, and it was it was evident today. Dylan, your reactions from today's press conference? Yeah, I think he hit every nail on the head. Uh, you really talked about how uh, great of a class this is going to be, and I mean, watching the film on some of these guys that are coming in, you, I see absolutely where he's coming from. I think Freeze has built together a great staff. I think we talked about this in the offseason as well, just how good of a staff he put together. He just mixed in all the old Auburn players with with some new guys to add some fresh new uh, faces to this to this uh, program. I mean, dude, Auburn has not signed a five-star wide receiver in a hot minute. 21 years. 21 years since a five-star wide receiver has come to the Plains. For context, and, I was two years old. Yes, we were two years old. Uh, but I mean, give gave Hugh a few, full year to recruit. Turned not one, but two guys into Auburn signees. Both of those guys former uh, commits to other SEC schools. Cam Coleman, of course, from Texas A&M, and of course Perry Thompson from Alabama. And he just goes to say, just look at the work he's done. Look at Demarcus Riddick. He was a Georgia commit. All right, was he a commit? Or was he a lean? Lean. A heavy, heavy lean to Georgia before. Auburn came in. Jamonta Waller, of course, was a Florida commit. Uh, Mars Williams was a Florida commit. Uh, a few other guys. Uh, you, and you, you win some, you lose some. You saw that from the day. K.J. Bowen, of course, committed to Georgia. Interesting innuendo from Freeze about that, by the way. I don't know if you mentioned, if you if you caught this or not, but Hugh Freeze saying, two days ago we were told, I'm coming, I'm coming, and today it changes. Did not reference who that, didn't say who that was to. I have a pretty damn good guess. 
Um, wishing KJ Bolden the best, but I was kind of in that boat too, where it felt like Auburn had a lot of traction. It sounds like Kirby and company got in there really, really late. Um, and, that was his last uh, visit was to Georgia. And, and, and closed the deal, which I'm not shocked that Kirby Smart's out recruiting Mike Norvell. I'm just going to be honest. It's not that I don't think Norvell's done a great job in, in Tallahassee. It just it doesn't shock me because there's a reason for Georgia has number one class every year. And they need recruits after, like, well, I think they have the most players in the portal than any other school. Mass exodus. New era. That's kind of what happens in, in today's. And uh, just to kind of shift from the high school recruits to guys who are coming in from transfer portal, uh, just to bring up some guys Auburn is still looking at. Uh, Auburn lost one of their transfer portal targets in uh, Dumas Johnson, the Georgia linebacker who came out and said that he is going to be transferring to Kentucky. Uh, one of now two Georgia transfers who have transferred to the Kentucky Wildcats, uh, one being Brock Vandegrift. Uh, hallelujah, Auburn beat the Brock Vandegrift allegations like two weeks ago, whenever <laughs> that happened. Uh, and, of course, now Jamal Johnson. Uh, a couple of guys we're still waiting to hear from is, of course, another Georgia cornerback in A.J. Harris, former five-star corner, who is apparently very close to making his commitment to the Auburn Tigers. And another guy we're still waiting to hear from is Joel Skinner, tight end from Miami, kind of in the same kind of boat as Rivaldo Fairweather. I uh, hadn't seen a lot of playing time this year. But Auburn did pick up the commitment of one position of need in Dorian Mousy. Mousy? I don't Mousy. Let's go for Mousy for right now until I get proven otherwise. Uh, linebacker out of Duke. Uh, last year, he had 61 total tackles, half a sack, one interception, and two PBUs, adding to a position group that desperately needs that level of experience and that level of talent. Duke had one of the best defenses in the country last year due to Mike Elko. And of course, once your coach leaves, kind of means you got to leave too, uh, for the most part, in today's in today's world. Uh, and is now Hugh Freeze's third transfer this recruiting cycle. I'm honestly kind of glad that the transport isn't taking off as much as it last offseason. I, I, and I think it's because you can't build a championship program from the portal. Correct. It has to be built homegrown, built with, from within. And you're seeing that from year one to year two, the transition. Auburn, Hugh Freeze went all in on the transfer portal class to kind of build that level that of stability for a team. Like, well, hey, get back not- to being competitive. Exactly. Uh, get guys who have played the game before so you can start competing in games. We saw that in most of the games. Uh, and we didn't see it in some of the in two of the games. Uh, and I don't want to talk about those games anymore. But you saw that from the Georgia Alabama game. Uh, Auburn had the talent to finally compete uh, with the coach who was competent uh, after the past couple of years. Right. So now you're coming into a year where you don't really need to go ham in the transfer portal again. You just kind of need to build up that talent that you recruited very heavily in like Perry Thompson and the rest, uh, and Cameron Coleman, Dylan Gentry, the rest of, of, of these high profile players that are coming in. Uh, I, I, and I'm, I'm still on the fence if I want Auburn to even go after a transfer portal quarterback, like not, not like a star studded one, but like someone to add depth. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of indifferent in that boat. Uh, I think there's enough pieces there that you can work from within and kind of grow from within now. Right. Even though that, you know, Thorne is at, at, at its core, at, at its core transfer still, you get where I'm coming from there. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see if there's a couple more pieces out in the spring portal. I would think you want to plug up a couple of holes um, in the spring. I would like another uh, D lineman. Yep. Add, add a little bit of depth in the trenches specifically. Uh, but uh, overall, Dylan, I'm, I'm going to kind of close this out here and, and a question for you. I'll, I'll in, uh, allow the, the transfer news uh, to, to continue, I guess, be a competent factor here. Where would you grade uh, this national signing day, early signing day? I, I call this year one. I'll call last year year zero for Hugh Freeze and company. Uh, where Where is your your letter grade at on, on your pass fail, Mr. Mr. Lark, sir? Uh, if I had to grade this on an A plus to F minus scale, I'd probably have to look in between the uh, A and the A plus range, meaning A plus all the way. Uh, you took a class that wasn't getting anybody in, in this recruiting class. I mean, we had one guy for the longest time in Amon Langanus, and then it just flipped around and turned into a, a top 10 recruiting class in the country. Not in the SEC, in the country. I think anything less than an A-plus is criminal. Uh, yeah, criminal. You gotta, when you're, Just when you're emailing your professor and be like, hey, I think you missed one of my answers I got right. Uh, and just trying to figure that out. 
but it's an A plus all the way. Only thing I can really say that I would want more is I know I talked about this a little bit with Mike G, but I kind of understand why. Uh, the running no no running back, running back. added. Uh, I don't, but I'm also on the fence because like Jarquez is going to come back. I'm pretty sure. You still got Damari, uh, Jeremiah Cobb, Brian Batie. Uh, don't forget those walk-ons are freaking good as well. Uh, Albert packed out in the right back room, so I'm okay with just waiting 2025 and get Alvin Henderson. And I think a lot of Auburn fans are cool with the, with having a lot of experience there. Exactly. I, li- I like the group that you have right now. I think a lot of people do. So I'm with you. A plus. Uh, only thing I'd ask for would, would probably be a running back. Uh, I mean, this is and a kicker. The, yeah, true. Yeah, we'll we'll see where that shapes out. I'm, hopefully, you'll be able to plug that in here at some point. But Dylan, I, I think that the only only other thing that you can really add to 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 defend off any of the anything less than an A plus allegations would be. Listen, folks, this is still not a full recruiting cycle uh, for Hugh Freeze. I mean, he came in behind the eight ball in this class and busted his ass. And he mentioned pretty early on the in this uh, in this early signing period kind of time frame earlier in the month that this whole group of coaching of coaches in the in the Freeze camp knew if they didn't have a top three class by year three, that all of them are going to be looking for jobs. And year three is actually going to be the next recruiting cycle in that workshop space, right? In terms of his first true full recruiting class needed to be top seven, top ten for sure. Uh, this group has exceeded expectations. They've brought a five-star wide receiver back to the plains. They've landed more than one five-star. Uh, it's it's unprecedentedly good in terms of what a lot of people could have expected. So overall, I'm with you, Dylan. A plus. Um, that kind of rounds things out. Go ahead. I'll say it's worth mentioning that. I mean, I said this uh, if you on uh, on Twitter. This 2024 class is awesome. It's legit. It's one of the best classes we've seen in a hot minute. But don't let that distract you from the fact that as good as this 2024 class is, we might be talking about this 2025 class as one of the best recruiting classes Auburn may have ever seen in the entire history of recruiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at it right now, it's top five, meaning it's five. You have Malik Autry coming in from Opelika. You have Kendarius Riddick, a safety out of Thomasville. You have Ja'Caleb Falk, who, if you're unaware of who that is, Little uh, brother. Look, look no further than uh, than Auburn's defensive line this past year to for his older brother Keldrick, uh, Jordan Crawford, who's a monster of a de- of a defensive lineman from Birmingham, uh, another and a two lineman also added into this as well, and Kalen Edwards and Spencer Dowland, and rounding out a tight end and Ryan Gee from Alpharetta, Georgia. Yeah, that 2025 uh, class can be special, Dylan. And if you, I would say if you picked up a five-star wide receiver to that class too, but that wide receiver who Auburn would have another would have another year in recruiting for is going to be committing in February for the class twenty twenty-four. Which just to talk about Ryan Williams for two seconds, I'm not confident in Auburn flipping him. I'm not either. I don't think many people are. And, and you know, so unless be it. Uh, unless they have a pair of these. At some point. It, it does get to be greed. At some point, it gets to be greed. I appreciate what you've got. Only other note I've got about football here, Dylan, I'm just going to say this quick blurb about bowl practice really, really quickly. No wide receivers are allowed to get hurt. Not just like we we never want to see a player gets hurt and get hurt. Quite literally, nobody's allowed to get hurt. Who, who's all gone for the portal now? Javarius Johnson, Amari Kelly, uh, Jair Shorter is going to the portal. Uh, I mean, we're going to have a... Decent start, decent like the entire starting like rotation in. Shane Hooks has to play, right? Uh, Jay Fair's gonna play. Burton's gonna uh, play. Uh, Burton. Uh, do we finally see uh, the Nick the Martin. Nick Mardner game? And you got and I mean, of course, if you have Rivaldo Fairweather, you always have another an extra wide receiver on the field whenever he's yeah, there. Yeah, but he's, none of them are. Allowed, that's still like you still need everybody healthy. Like nobody get hurt. Like. <laughs> Well, it is worth mentioning because we haven't talked about this yet. Uh, Talia Tungavaloa is not going to be playing in the bowl game, right? Is, so, is... <laughs> if anything else, Auburn is going to run the ball. Yeah, if, get if, get Jarquez a thousand yards. If push comes to shove, just hand the ball off to twenty seven and call it a day. All right, <laughs> before we pivot over to basketball, I want to let everybody know. Thank you guys, like Dylan said earlier at the beginning of the show, for almost almost a full year of the College League podcast. We're at seven hundred and twelve subs. I think right before the stream started, last time I checked. 
712. As this comes out, we're going to be 24 hours away from our year anniversary. That's right. And we have 712 of the best people on planet Earth hanging out with us. So we appreciate your continual support. Make sure you like, subscribe, and ring the bell right here on the College Loop YouTube channel. If you're watching on the YouTube stream, drop a comment. Tell me who you're most excited to have on the planes, whether it be an early enrollee or someone that we'll see over in fall camp. Really, really excited to hear what you guys have to think. And, <laughs> and give why, us isn't it, why is it Dylan Gentry? Yeah, right. Give us your, uh, yeah, give us your best, uh, I guess, your grades for how Hugh Freeze and company did in your, I, I'm calling this year one, I'm calling last year year zero, year one of the recruiting cycle and on year one of the early signing day period. If you're not listening on the YouTube stream, thank you guys so much for tuning in anyways. Thank you guys for listening on whatever streaming platform makes you happy. Make sure you give us five stars, thumbs up, whatever the highest rating is on that streaming platform. Share the show with a friend so we can continue to grow the brand and grow the family right here at the College Loop Podcast. If you want to pick up some late holiday gifts, head over to thewarreport.com to pick up your very own College Loop War Report Podcast Network co-branded Feeling Loopy t-shirt. Comes in five different colorways, only $25. If you don't want to type the link in your search bar, that's all right. We've got it in the description to every single one of our shows. Once you pick up your very own Feeling Loopy t-shirt, make sure you use hashtag Feeling Loopy, that's Feeling Without the G, on whatever social media platform makes you the happiest, whatever you use the most, and tag us in it. We'll throw it up on the next stream show, whatever that may be. Thank you guys for your continual love and support. You guys are the reason we're able to do everything we're able to do. Man, we are having a damn good time doing it. I am really, really happy um, that National Signing Day is over just because it is such a cluster F of um, continual stream informa- streaming of information. Um, I'm tired of looking at Twitter. I once every once Dylan tells me we've locked everyone down that we're expecting to lock down today. I'm going to let him ha- handle all the surprises, um, and I'm going to go um, do something else, um, like play guitar and not look at a screen for a while. That's what I'm looking forward to doing. But before we do that, let's take a look at Auburn men's basketball. They will play Alabama State tomorrow night as this show is coming out at Auburn. Oh, excuse me, Neville Arena. My apologies. I got corrected three times last week, guys. I'm sorry. You, you gotta, you gotta start calling it Neville Arena. <laughs> I mean, the Nevilles are great people, and I appreciate the hell out of them. I just, when I came into school, it was Auburn Arena, like, and it was Auburn Arena. For I mean, so it was long. for me too, but I don't struggle with it. Well, I'm an idiot, so that's where we're at. Let's take a look at the Alabama State Hornets, a whopping four and six, struggling, struggling program. They're doing better and than the women's basket. They're doing better than the women's team, I will say, by a small margin. Yes, by four games. <laughs> that's true. By four games. And, and let's take a look at what all they have to offer, what they bring to the table. They bring some good guard play to the table in TJ Madlock, averaging 16.5 points a game, and Isaiah Range, 12.5 points a game. Both of those guys will play north of 29 minutes, 30 apiece, probably right in that range. You, If you look to the forward and into the forecourt, you'll see Dante Bass. He'll average 19.5 minutes a game, put up about 16. Should be an interesting matchup. Not a ton of size on this Alabama State team relatively to that of Auburn. And I don't know that they've necessarily figured out an identity in terms of tempo. So Auburn's probably going to be able to play around a little bit, Dylan, with, hey, how do we want to be able to face ourselves in different situations? I think you're past the point of plugging in who can play with who now. I think you're deep enough into the season now. Auburn knows who they are. It's a matter of how do we get better from where you're at right now, right? We saw what can happen when everything goes right. When you played against USC, when you played against Indiana and how this team can click. Now it's about continuing to build those and, and establish those, uh, I guess, on-court relationships, right? Those, that chemistry within the team. This is a great opportunity for them to do so. I do expect Auburn to win. I expect them to win big. But this is a, a, what you consider a workshop game in terms of, hey, let's make all the fundamental plays. Let's let's shoot well from the stripe. Let's get open looks. Let's run a couple of plays. Maybe we've not broken out yet in terms of not wanting to keep them off film, but we're not exactly sure how they're going to work. Let's get out to a lead. Let's hold that lead. And let's practice not letting other teams go on runs, killing runs. This is a big opportunity. I don't want to call it a glorified scrimmage because you never do that. You're too late in the season for this. You you are. But it's a big opportunity for Auburn basketball to really fine-tune. Your thoughts? Yeah, and I'm going to this game thinking of, of how can Auburn improve uh, for the better, because all what well, we're two games away after this one to SEC play, right? We got it. Yeah, we got Bama State, Chattanooga, and Penn. Correct. And then of course open up the year. That's a with, sneaky good Penn t- Penn team, by the way. That's a sneaky good Penn team. We'll talk about them later. Those kids are smart. Uh, but <laughs> I basketball uh, like you. <laughs> uh, go go to this game. I can I want to see a a good version of Cheney Johnson and Simo uh, for on the on the scoring end. This is a you're playing a couple of you're playing two FCS teams back to back before you play Penn, who I believe Penn's in the Ivy League, right? Like they're not FCS, they're Ivy League. Or am I stupid? Why are you calling them FCS teams? They're just mid majors. 
Is there an FCS? And I, I, Bama State. Every D one basketball team is eligible for the NCAA tournament. Listen, listen, listen. My entire life, I've grown around Alabama State, AS, my ASU. Sorry, Arizona State. They've always just been the FCS team in Montgomery to me. Yeah, no, they are. A they, I will. Ne- I will never not be able to call them a non-FCS team. Okay, I'll try mid major. Mid major. Playing. You're tra- playing two mid major teams. I would like to see the Cheney Johnson we've been waiting to see. We've Agreed. seen flashes of what he can be. I need to see it in action. Agree. If if I want, we want to go to SEC play. If Auburn wants to go to SEC play. And Bruce Pearl wants to prove that his 10 are better than your 10. You got to have more than eight show up right. at any given time. And that's going to have to come from Cheney Johnson and, of course, Simo, who just had a couple of rough stretches where they haven't scored more than three points. I'm uh, going to need to step up from them. I do think Auburn wins big. Uh, I'm looking at a score on the same lines as Indiana. <laughs> uh, Auburn 100 and something to maybe 60 something. <laughs> I like 103 to 57. I'm talking ass whooping. <laughs> I'm not, I, I'm, I'm so serious. This team is rolling. Don't fall asleep. That's the biggest thing now. Like, don't fall asleep and continue to build your brand. Listen, I know everybody's pissed off that Armour got snubbed about the rankings. One, it does not matter. And two, they're playing such good basketball right now. Just don't let the foot off the gas. Everything else will quite literally take care of itself. Just keep your foot on the gas. You'll be in good shape. I'm going to pivot over to the women's side of things here, Dylan. They wrapped up their contest with Washington State, a former 11-2 team before they entered Neville Arena and left 11-3, where Auburn won that game. Funny number to 62, so 69-62. And it is amazing how well this team can perform when, honestly, Scott Grayson drops 17 points. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's not really a secret to the recipe. She mm-hmm. is your primary form of offense. Not that other other young ladies can't get it done. Just look at Jemiah Mingo Young and Taylor Collins with 12 and 10 this, this afternoon. Not an ultra-high scoring game, but Auburn getting the ball to their playmaker and honestly, Scott Grayson, and, and feeding her and defeating a very good Washington State team at home. Not uh, Nothing to sneeze at. If you look down, down the rotation, it's very, very clear. Sydney Shaw being intentional. And, and with, with her shot selection, two of seven from the field, uh, obviously 0 of two from the perimeter, but snagging a rebound, also picked up an assist. Jemiah Mingo Young, seven assists on the on the afternoon. That is a winning basketball recipe. Finding ways to create shots and create looks. I mean, if you look at it, three, six, nine different Auburn Tigers got on the scoreboard today. Eight of them scored three or more. And and Savannah Scott, she she got her bucket, so that that then that's what really matters. That's what matters in Dylan's heart. Well, she didn't get; she got two free throws. She got her two from the stripe. My apologies, I misread <laughs> that. My apologies, but still got her, got her, got her her buckets in from the stripe. But balance, finding your playmakers, playing your brand of basketball, the rebuild's working. It, it is. You're 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 defeating power five teams in the in the non con. Holy shit! <laughs> power five. <laughs> You're pay, playing bigger <laughs> schools that are in some kind of conference. Packed, known Pack Two powerhouse. Washington known two State. pack. <laughs> and I, I would love to know if anything's going on with Savannah Scott to where it's been a kind of a down downfall from where we've seen. Hopefully, she picks it up. Uh, I know she, she's very talented and can be a all like an all SEC caliber center, uh, but. It's, been a couple of games, a few games actually in a row where she's just not been a factor like she was to draw off the year, or the first half of the year thus far. Uh, but Jemiah Mingo Young picking up picking up those boards, seven boards uh, for her, and of course Oscar Grace got at five as well. Uh, this team's good. This team is this team is good. They're getting they're getting all of their ducks in a row metaphorically in terms of figuring out who they are, and they'll have an opportunity to take on North Alabama on New Year's Eve at two o'clock at Neville Arena and potentially be 11 and two going into SEC play where you get punched in the mouth early with Tennessee, Texas A&M when the, what some might call the Aisha Kulabali game, <laughs> um, then Ole Miss LSU. I mean, that those first four are brutal. Uh, they are. Um, but at the same time, if you can roll in 11 and two and you can grab a couple of wins there, one or two wins, of those first four things get better uh, except for the South Carolina matchup that you have. Uh, later in the year, but that's not important. Uh, they, ain't, they ain't nothing. Yeah, I think Don Staley would like a word, but <laughs> things do get better if you can find your, yourself alive through the, those first four. Uh, you'll get Vanderbilt, Alabama, which you're due for a win over Alabama. Damn it, that is that is so due this year. 
Uh, Georgia's going to be right there, but I don't know that they're a whole lot better than Auburn. Uh, Arkansas, Missouri, Kentucky. I mean, you look at this slate. Auburn, it's doable. It's doable. Uh, you just got to make sure you, you you manage your way around and you can not be having to play in to the SEC tournament. You can actually be making some noise um, come March. This this group's poised. They, they made the most of their opportunities in large. And the non-con, if you look at, you know, the loss to UCF is devastating. It really is. It's brutal. You wanted to walk away with the, with a the win there. Um, and, and, and your loss uh, to uh, Cal. I mean, shoot, you just can't find the bottom of the bucket. It's going to be hard to win games. Uh, that happens. But things that all can be corrected, Dylan. Very, very excited for them and excited for women's basketball going forward. Yep. And just to round out the show, uh, Auburn baseball has announced their schedule for the 2024 season. I'm just going to run through it real quick just to let everybody know when where they should be at uh, during these weeks. And I'm just making sure is the – just making sure which ones is home and away. Uh, so the white games are, are home, orange away. Starting off with, on February 16th, have a weekend series versus Eastern Kentucky, followed up by a uh, weekday game versus UAB. Then they'll go to uh, Jack's College. Is that yeah, Jackson? Jacksonville College Baseball Classic. They'll take on Iowa, Wichita State, and Virginia in that challenge. Um, that's a good pool. That's a good pool and a good test early. Yes, it is. Back to the midweek for Sanford. Then you got a weekend versus UConn on March 1st through the 3rd. Air Force, March 5th through the 6th, another weekend. Uh, March 8th through the 10th, Austin P. Then you travel to Troy, and then you travel to Vanderbilt. To begin your SEC slate. Exactly. Uh, then you'll travel to South Alabama, even though it says versus when it's supposed to be at. Uh, I can't no, that's a things. neutral site. Is it a neutral site? That'll be the Montgomery then, game. Then they should like not have just home and away. That's just me. All right. Then the home versus Arkansas. Then Jacksonville State midweek. Then you'll travel to Texas A&M. Then travel to UAB. Weekend series versus Tennessee at home. Alabama State at home for midweek. Kentucky, Georgia Tech. Uh, Mississippi State traveling to Stark Vegas for that. Then, of course, you have Florida A&M at home. Then on my birthday weekend, you have Auburn traveling to LSU. And if I'm not mistaken, they did the same thing last year. Yep, sure did. Last year. Interest, uh, not interesting, but a very good non-conference draw for Auburn. Uh, you get punched in the mouth, like I said, in the Jacksonville Baseball Classic. Iowa and Wichita State both very, very uh, doable games. Virginia will be a good challenge. Uh, that'll, be, that'll be a good benchmark, the ACC known baseball conference. Not the SEC level, <laughs> but pretty, pretty damn good on that front. Air Force. They've been a force to be reckoned with over the past five, six years. And then you and then you go through with your midweeks. Uh, Troy and South Alabama, always fun to play those in Jack State. In-state teams, UAB, Alabama State. Georgia Tech, every single year. Really fun series. Goofy-ass games. And also, oh, no, this is a team that you could host for a regional or could go travel to again for a regional. I, I'm saying Jesus because the last time, what, it was 10 innings, 12 innings, 13 innings? What, it was what a was combined it? 23 innings of baseball. I I love baseball, but I don't want to do that again. <laughs> I think it was maybe it's twenty two innings. I, don't know. I think it would. I, I would say it'd be different if I was there, but it just wouldn't be different if I was there. I would still want to leave <laughs> after at, at fourteen innings. I'm I'm just done. Uh, the rounding out May third to the fifth another weekend series. You have Ole Miss at home. Then you'll travel to Atlanta, take right. on Georgia Tech. Uh, then uh, have a weekend series. It's, it's a full week of away games. Uh, Missouri, then back to play, go to Birmingham, play Sanford. Then, of course, around the year with Alabama at home. Is that the only time I plays Alabama this year in baseball? Yes. yes. Hmm. And then, of course, May 21st through the 26th is, of course, the SEC tournament. Where Auburn teams go to die. Exactly. Yep, the best time of the year. Going to be a fun regular season, though. Should be uh, and, uh, I, I think this team... Bringing back what they what they are and bringing in what they are, this team could make a run in yeah, the tournament. Absolutely. absolutely. I mean, this is a ridiculously talented roster. It's just a matter of did the pieces fall into place correctly. That's all you got to figure out. And, and Auburn will figure that out soon. It's going to be a lot of fun watching this. And uh, I already know I peaked one of my Christmas gifts. Uh, it was a Frank Thomas jersey. So going to be a lot of fun to watch this season and that beautiful, beautiful jersey that I have gotten. Excited for Auburn baseball. Let us know which 
series, non-conference series, since we've known the SEC slate for a little while now, which non-conference opponent or series you're most looking forward to watching Auburn take on in the comments section. And while you're there, make sure you like, subscribe, and ring the bell right here on the YouTube channel. Thank you guys so much for your continual love and support. If you're listening on one of the streaming platforms, give us five stars, thumbs up, share the show. Whatever the platform allows you to do, make sure you do so so we can continue to grow the College Loop family. Thank you guys all so much. Like, I can't get over the fact that it's almost a year, Dylan. That's absolutely nuts. If you guys want to go support the show in a way beyond just subscribing, make sure you go over to thewarport.com, pick up your very own College Loop Warport co-branded Feeling Lippy t-shirt. $25. Link is in the description. Use hashtag Feeling Lippy on whatever social media platform and tag us. We'll throw it up on the stream. I'm Harrison Tar at by Harrison Tar on the Bird app on Instagram. And I'm tired. I know you're tired, Dylan. Thank you guys so much for persevering and hanging out with us. Hope you have a I thought you were about to say threads. No, no. I was uh, going to punch you to the camera. <laughs> I am on threads by Harrison Tar as well, though. That's your own fault. You did that one to yourself. Um, thank you. <laughs> Hope you guys all enjoyed early signing day. And as we draw closer to the holidays, safe travels to everyone headed back wherever you may be headed to. Dylan, I'll let you get us out of here. Of course. I'm Dylan Art. I'm Tank on Twitter slash x that's uh, at y-a-b-o-y the tank catch me on there talking about all these recruits and of course follow us there on the college loop as well that's uh, gonna be on twitter tiktok facebook instagram all at the college loop also have us right on youtube which is like comment subscribe leave your predictions for auburn baseball this year where are they gonna finish where are they gonna go uh, why is it omaha nebraska <laughs> and of course leave your favorite recruit and let us know why you picked dylan gentry as well but of course and you can catch us on Sunday where we're still going to have our live stream, talk about anybody that we missed, and just kind of wish everybody a Merry Christmas before we kind of send you on your way. I'm not going to be wearing Auburn that day. It's big shocker. Actually, no, I'll be wearing my Auburn Christmas hat. But I will be wearing my Clark Griswold uh, hockey jersey and my drinking eggnog out of my Wally Moose cup. Spoiler alert for that. Uh, spending Christmas the way everyone should, uh, like Christmas vacation. Uh, but, of course... Stay tuned for that. We're going to be talking about anything we missed from these past couple of days. But, of course, if you want to listen to us instead of watching us, of course, have us on Spotify, Podcast, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. And with all that being said, I hope you all enjoyed your your National Signing Day. Wish you all a Merry Christmas if you don't meet with us on December 24th. And, of course, this has been the College Loop Podcast. Love you guys. 